exciting episode of Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and along with me, as always, is my co-host, the old Anxine, Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? Can you believe we have been doing this for eight New Year's now, Shag? <laughs> I'm getting, I'm starting to feel like Dick Clark. <laughs> eight. Eight. Eight of these. Un- Believable. Do we really have anything more to say? <laughs> Eight is truly enough, I would say. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, geez. of course. This is just the beginning of the Fine Water Podcast Network. We have many, 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 many more shows to come. Uh, aren't you all excited? So you know, I expect a Night Court cast and a Cosby Show cast. That won't be all. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, a different world cast. Good luck getting uh, a sponsor any- for that show. <laughs> Anything from NBC uh, or CBS, I think, is open to, uh, to be picked, right? <laughs> I'm working on my From Alpha to Omega Men show. Oh, perfect. I st- you know, it, it's funny. Every single year for like the past three or four years, I have wanted to get this damn V miniseries <laughs> off the ground, okay? And it always, for some reason, always hits me really hard this time of year. I don't know what it is about this time of year that gets me super psyched up about this. And again, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I am so ready. I have this Google Doc about this V miniseries that I put together, and I've invited certain people to be part of it, like, four years ago. And, like, I still want to do it. And anyway, it's... It's if we only if we had the time, if we had the time, I have a whole folder full of show ideas that I just never have any time for. But maybe maybe in 2020, because my my life situation will be different. So maybe I'll have more time. We'll 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 get into all that in this episode. All right. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to thank you people at home, you folks who are part of the Patreon Society of America and support the Fire and Water Podcast. PSA. Now, that's right. <laughs> we sincerely appreciate your support because, you know, for years, you know, Rob and I and the guys, we've been paying the bills and it's added up. And it, it's a couple of years or uh, I guess about a year ago or whatever, our hosting company looked at us and went, 
oh, that's cute that you think that works that way. No, 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 no. Here's the real bill. And we're like, oh, my God. Who is putting up these four-hour Star Trek shows? <laughs> so uh, Patreon has really helped out with that, and we sincerely appreciate it. Now, Rob, uh, the way it works is if there, uh, people want to support us, where do they go? You go to Patreon. I like how you turned it to me. Like I didn't know this. You go to, <laughs> to Patreon.com slash podcasts. And am I right in thinking that there are certain <laughs> levels that if they support the show, they actually get mentioned on the show of their choice? Yes, of course. For different uh, pledge levels, you can unlock different rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So for the Firewater Aquaman and Firestorm, Firewater Podcast Network, who, who would those people be, Rob? Uh, <laughs> wow, this is really porno-level acting. So uh, <laughs> big thanks to Adam Ackerman, uh, David A. Gutierrez, Gord Tolton, Jason Pope, Jay Campbell, Keith G. Baker, and Kevin Culp for their support of the Aquaman Firestorm show. Thanks, guys. All of them are rescinding their offers, probably after this. <laughs> I'm just moving it to different shows. That's all. It's all going yeah. to be tough like a girl after this. I was going to say, there's lots of room over the JLI podcast, guys. Come join us. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, we are here to do our, I guess, eighth annual, I don't really know, uh, year in geek review. And it's it's not supposed to be like all the cool geek stuff of the year. It's the stuff that matters to me and Rob because we're selfish pricks. So, and we're, we're done. We're, we're tired, and we just want to just gab at it. And we didn't want to do any research for this final episode, <laughs> so just do this. That's true. Actually, I did spend a couple minutes researching crap I like from this year. I had to look back at my own Facebook post to like, what did I do this year? Oh, yeah, that's right. That is true, though. It, I, we were joking, but you and you, when you look back at the whole year and you start making the list of all the stuff you want to talk about, like, wow, we, I did this and this. And like, you know, over the course of a year, like, that's cool. I did a lot of cool stuff. So it's nice to be able to have a place to sort of sum it all up. I had a super geeky year. I really did. Once I, once I started looking back, I'm like, I really did a lot of geek crap. This makes me feel good. So why don't we kick it up? I mean, this, this, this show grew out of comic books, right? It's where it started. So why don't we start with comics? So have you done, have you read any cool comics this year? Anything you got passionate about it, whether it's old, new, whatever? I don't, you know, I don't think I have, I don't think I've read any comic books at all other than old stuff. You know, like I I bought a bunch of stuff at the cons and like old stuff, but I don't think I've bought anything new in quite a while. Well, everything I mentioned is going to be old. Don't worry. Okay. So, I mean, well, I, like, you're reading I got, like Doomsday Clock and stuff. You're reading something. Uh, that is only because I have to. Well, you so, are all right, let's get that, reading it, though. Let's get that crap out of the way right now, folks. All right. I don't want to talk about Doomsday Clock, but if you're a Firestorm fan and you haven't read it yet, you need to get up to speed on it and finish it at number 12 and send me a message and we can talk about it. So there, done with that. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll, I'll kick off. So stuff I've been reading. So first of all, the D, this past year, DC Universe app, right? They got their act together and they put all like twenty thousand comics of DC out on their on on the app, which was freaking glorious, right? So everything you want from DC that's ever been digitized is out there now to read. It's glorious. I uh, I'm so super uber needy. <laughs> I was trying to say uber nerdy, but it came out uber needy. Maybe a little bit of both. Anyway, I actually keep a Google Doc of all the comics I've read uh, digitally on the, on these services because they don't track for you just because I want to know. Am I getting my value? So on the DC app, I've read 135 comics this year. Um, and I looked what the biggest chunks were. The Peter David Aquaman, which you'll be very happy to know. I've read a bunch of those this year. 
which was very fun to revisit. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you're completely silent. So uh, our Who's Who <laughs> run through actually inspired me as we were doing Who's Who in the DC Universe. Uh, that inspired me to go read a bunch of the Acronym Legion again and to reread some of the Deathstroke, the Terminator, both from the 90s. Those have been super fun to reread. I did read Justice League Generation Lost. Uh, I will accept your condolences from that at this point now. <laughs> and uh, I've had a good time. Here, here's the two things I think I enjoyed the most reading on the app, which was those retroactive comics. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah, I remember out, those, yeah. Yeah, they came out right before the new 52 launched. It was basically like, hey, here's a bunch of Batman stuff from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. So I read a bunch of the retroactives recently. And just that was Those were super fun. And then, believe it or not, first of all, I'm shocked this is even on the app. Second of all, this should not be good. He-Man and Thundercats, okay? It was a team-up comic between He-Man and Thundercats. You know, it sounds like an action figure paradise, but a bad idea for comic. It was actually really fun. So if you have the DC Universe app, I recommend you go out and read that. It was well worth it. Now, does do the Thundercats look at Battle Cat as like an enslaved member of their race? Like they look at that like, <laughs> hey, that ain't cool. You're, you're riding one of our friends. What's that about? Uh, that does not come up, but they do make a connection in the series without me spoiling it between Battle oh, Cat and Thundercats. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotta good, go get good, eye for, good eye there, Rob. <laughs> Uh, on the Marvel Unlimited app, which I also uh, have, you know, since the DC app finally flushed itself out, uh, I haven't used the Marvel app nearly as much, which I feel bad because I'm like a moderator on one of the Facebook groups for it. But uh, like, I, mainly the things I read this year was I, I reread a lot of the Marvel Star Wars, like the post Return of the Jedi stuff. I wanted to reread those with Lou Maya and all that. That was fun. And then I reread the whole X Men Mutant Massacre, which I hadn't read in years. And that was actually a lot of fun to reread. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed that era of the X Men. And then uh, here, just rattle off a couple of things I read this year that I really enjoyed. I, I finally got off my butt after them sitting on my bookshelf for 19 years, I think it was. No, 19 years? No, maybe it's 10 years. Either way, <laughs> I finally read Astro City. Oh, like, I've never read Astro City. Damn, Rob, it's so stupid. And I love good. Brent Anderson's artwork. I love okay. Brent Anderson. I don't know why I've never read that. Could not recommend it highly enough. Right. I've read the first three trades now, uh, Life in the Big City, Confession, and Family Album. Damn, Rob. I mean, these were some of the most enjoyable superhero comics I've read in decades. They were just great stories. It's it's it, they, All of them are the familiar archetypes. You're like, okay, I'm reading a Superman story right now, or I'm reading a Fantastic Four story right now, and whatever. And it, you don't care. It's just that good. I fell in love with the world's... Um, Definitely, you got to check that out. So good. And there's a podcast about it, too. Our friends Dr. G and uh, Sean. Oh, that's Austin. right. That's right. Yep. Also, uh, I got into a couple of Brian K. Vaughn series this year, Paper Girls. Um, I, I, I actually, that it, it was recommended to me by um, Carl Kiesel. He and I got talking. About oh, the <laughs> name drop. Well, he and I got talking about Newsboy Legion because I got him to sign a Newsboy Legion who's who last year uh, in 2018. And he goes, you know what's like the Newsboy Legion? Paper Girls. You should try it. I'm like, okay, Carl. I'll try it. Okay, so, Carl Kiesel. Right, exactly. And um, it was really good. So I, I read the first three trades of Paper Girls, and wow. Brian, I mean, Brian came on spins a great tale anyway. I also read a bunch of his Why the Last Man. Um, those were also exceptionally good. So um, very good stuff. And, of course, I've been diving into my Micronauts still off and on, uh, dipping into those. Those are fun. So those are just some things I read this year that made me happy. You notice there's absolutely nothing in there that was – well, I guess Paper Girls was relatively new, but the rest of it, none of it was. <laughs> you read uh, some cool Johnny Thunder comics because we did it for Who's That this year. Oh, I did read some cool Johnny Thunder comics. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I've read a lot of stuff, but uh, I, I forgot about that. We need to do some more Who's That, by the way. Yeah, we did. Again, 
we need to keep stretching out who's who. We can't let that in. <laughs> it's the most popular show that we do. So yeah, it's exactly. Go on well, forever. that's not exactly true, Rob. There is one more sh- one show that's more popular. Well, I'm, that we do is what I'm Oh, okay, that we do. We yes. Do well, t- t- go ahead and tell the people at home what is the single most popular show on the network? Is it's well, what it's JLI, isn't it? No, it's not. Right. The show that gets more downloads than any other show in our network yes, is Pod Dylan. It's Pod Dylan, yes. Which what is insane because it has nothing to do with no. Fire well, they, I mean, it's it's a very broad subject, and so you know, yeah. But yes, it is Pod Dylan. That's so funny. <laughs> we'll Congratulations, sir. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. Well, I mean, in terms of well, I just realized something I've ordered, but I have not. Oh. It has not yet arrived, which means I will be reading a new comic. I bought the uh, the Silver Surfer Black Treasury Edition. That's out. Is which re- porn. Yes. Uh, no, it reprints apparently some Silver Surfer miniseries, which I have not read, but it's new and it's in a Treasury edition. Oh, um, and okay. I, I literally just ordered it, and it's not it's not out. It's like at the time of this recording, it's not actually out yet, but I will be getting it soon. So when I read it, that will be like the first new Marvel comic I've read in quite a while. That's cool. So yeah, is it is it original for the Treasury, or it's already been produced and no, they're just reprinting? It's a reprint of the miniseries in the Treasury format. Any idea who the creators were? It's not Dan Slott, is it? Uh, no, I know the names offhand because I follow them on on Twitter with the Treasury okay. account. But uh, but I've n- I was not familiar with this series at all. Actually, Ryan Daly uh, turned me on to it. He was like, "Rob, have you heard about this?" I was like, "No." So I'm super excited that there's a Silver Surfer Treasury Edition now. So I'm I'll be doing it on covering it on the show at some point. But yes, so that'll that'll be a new comic I've read. <laughs> so excited! Very cool. I what I took away from that was that Ryan Daly turned on Rob. So. That's right. Um, well, why don't we talk about movies? That's a little more your bailiwick. So what uh, what good movies have you seen this well, year? Well, I saw a lot of stuff this year. I saw a lot of old stuff. I saw a lot of new stuff. Uh, of course, for those of you that listen to Film and Water, you know that I took uh, – finally this year, I did one of my – I'm not big on like bucket lists because I just – I don't know. I just don't like that context sort of. But this was a if – if I had a bucket list, this would be on it, which was I went out to Los Angeles to go see movies at the New Beverly. Uh, which is an old tiny theater that shows things on film. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's owned by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it was a, a theater that was kind of going out of business, and Quentin apparently loved it uh, growing up. Ryan Johnson famously tells a story where he, when he moved to Los Angeles, part of the way he found an apartment was its uh, centrality to the New Beverly. He wanted to be close to New Beverly, so that's where he found an apartment. So I, it was one of the things I always wanted to do, and me and Corey Drew, which of course many of you are familiar with from various shows here on the network, uh, we went out to Los Angeles and and saw films at the New Beverly, and we went and saw it was uh, there was a lot of the the theme. It's uh, every night is like a theme. So okay. then we were there. They were doing that weekend. We were seeing they were doing um, sex comedies. So mm-hmm. we went and saw Bob and Carol and Ted Nallis, the the hippy dippy like nineteen I think it's from nineteen sixty nine comedy uh, with uh, Ellie Gould, Robert Culp, Diane Cannon, Natalie Wood. They showed Cactus Flower with uh, the great Walter Matthau, and then Candy, which is a pretty obscure sex comedy with Marlon Brando. That's two word, three words you like to put together: is sex comedy <laughs> and Marlon Brando. Uh, but they also showed Inglorious Bastards, uh, mm-hmm. which was fun to see. We so so we went at midnight, and that was just a great trip it was just a blast Corey is a wonderful person well he's a wonderful person period but he's a wonderful person to travel with uh and so that we stayed at this wonderful hotel and uh, that's when i actually met 
David is Gutierrez for the first time, uh, and it was as awkward, it was as awkward as you might imagine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but no, it was. I did, I did warn both of them in advance. Prepare to be underwhelmed. Yeah, it really was. Uh, but no, it was great. He he gifted me with a, a vinyl record, which was very sweet, and uh, it was it was great. It was a great trip, and it was just one of those things that I always had told myself I wanted to do. And uh, I was, you know, up to this point, I was not in a position uh, to go and sort of do that for various reasons. And then, as some of you know, I've had a very big life change this year in terms of uh, ended a long-term relationship and started a new one. And this was one of those things where... He's he's not talking about me, folks. No, I'm not. No, that's next year. (laughs) Um, But uh, I decided, you know, hey, if I was going to uh, make some changes in my life, I was going to do this thing I've always wanted to do. And uh, and Corey came along with me, and it was a blast. And it is something that I am hoping we can do uh, every year. Uh, I would love to do it every year. Go to the New Beverly. I don't care what they're showing. Just go and hang out. And the New Beverly, whoever manages their Twitter feed – could not have been cooler because we took a picture. Corey and I took a picture of ourselves outside the theater as soon as we got there, and then we mm-hmm. posted it on Twitter. And then like they like retweeted it, like they got into it, and it was it was just a blast. And and it was fun seeing these movies on, you know. And I have a New Beverly T-shirt which I wear all the time, and and uh, it was it was just a blast. It was really one of the highlights of the year of going to going to that. And another related thing that well, um, before you, yeah, before you get off that, I just want to say folks, if you haven't listened to the film in water where Corey and Rob talk about their experience after the fact, you should go listen to it. It's a it's a hoot. It's fun and you can just hear the happiness in y'all's voice. I mean, you just you genuinely feel the excitement for it. And, and the movies sound very interesting too because I I've, I've only seen one one of those. So, yeah. yeah it was a bl- it was fun. We did it from the hotel room which was which was super fun. So, and then the other kind of film fest sort of thing we went to is uh, me and my new girlfriend Kelly uh, went to uh, Blobfest and Blobfest is <laughs> yes it's called Blobfest and it's it's held in central Pennsylvania Phoenixville and for those of you that are not familiar the movie The Blob the original 1950s there's a scene in a movie theater and that movie theater is in Phoenixville Pennsylvania and that theater still exists oh, okay. so they do Blobfest every year and they show The Blob uh, and of course, people flip out when the theater appears in the movie because you're sitting in the theater looking at the theater on the screen. Uh, <laughs> it's which like is, one of those mirrors looking yeah, in a mirror. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but then they show other things, and they show. So we saw a double feature of the Blob and Forbidden Planet, uh, oh, wow. which I had okay. not seen in a really long time. And the Blobfest theater is great, and Phoenixville is great, and it was. It was Kelly and I just had a really great time, and we we had um, it was sort of funny. We were trying to get we've been she's been big on us getting pictures of ourselves in front of these marquees of mm-hmm. every time we go because she's big into movies uh, except musicals and uh, and, and uh, yeah it's a weird thing but uh, but but she wants to get pictures of us in front of these marquees and of course we try to take selfies and it's kind of hard because they don't look great so we had this we were trying to get a selfie and this one guy came up and he goes everybody in Phoenixville was super nice too and this guy came up and he's like. Do you want me to take your picture? And we were like, "Yeah, please." And he took like this really great picture. Like it's we got the marquee behind us, and like Kelly looks great. I mean, she always does. I look as good as I possibly can with my giant head, <laughs> and it was just really great. And it's probably my favorite picture of us because it, oh, wow. it was in the middle of summer, and it was we were it was great. And I had my um, I had my um, produced by Deborah Hill T-shirt on, which is the credit from Halloween because she produced Halloween. And oh, so right. people okay. woke, people woke up to me and they were like, "Hey, man, nice shirt." I was like, "Oh, I'm in the I'm in the right crowd here for this is people." So <laughs> that was a great 
trip too. And that's something else that we kind of hope to do every year is to go back to Blobfest and see different sci-fi movies. So that was that was great. And it was it was it was just really fun to go out and do that. Uh, go see movies in a different context than just sure. you know either watching them on Netflix or watching them just in like a AMC. It was cool to go to like an old timey theater and do all that kind of stuff. And we actually one last thing in terms of well, what, no, hold on, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm I got, sorry, yes. yeah, take a breath there once in a while. So I for do those of you at home, it probably wasn't lost upon you that Rob Kelly's girlfriend is named Kelly. Yeah, uh, that's yes. not awkward at all. No, not at all. We really confuse people when we fill out forms. People are like, <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, yeah, and we're then, uh, we're adorable. Yeah, they are adorable, actually, and I'll talk about that in just a bit. But uh, I was going to tell you, musicals. So, all right, here, here's what I have used before to try and get partners interested in musicals because I've also been up against this hurdle. My Best Friend's Wedding is a fun movie. You have to like Julia Roberts to enjoy it, but it's a, it is a stealth musical because there's a couple musical scenes in there that just sneak in but not like musical style. So if you can get her to watch My Best Friend's Wedding – that might get you towards watching, like, I don't know, Kiss Me Kate or something like that. I'll get she's, you down the path. she's a hard no on these things. I, we actually just watched White Christmas uh, okay. at, at Corey's house, actually, and uh, and she didn't even really like White Christmas very much. She just has such a tough time with music, and I told her uh, that you, White Christmas is the only one I really wanted her to see because it's one of my all-time favorite movies, but she just has a real hard time with the, with the genre. Uh, it was sort of funny, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Fathom Events was doing a screening of Meet Me in St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, the Judy Garland musical. And I, uh, her best friend, a uh, wonderful guy named Rick, uh, her best friend Rick, um, he loves musicals. And so I, and he loves movies. And so I said, Rick, well, why don't we just go uh, <laughs> to, to Meet Me in St. Louis? We'll need her to come along because if she doesn't want to go. And so uh, Rick decided to invite his husband along. So mm-hmm. the three of us are going to go. And I was like, this is like, I mean, seeing a Judy Garland musical with two gay guys is like the most immersive experience possible. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like IMAX, basically, you know, and it was going to be awesome. And then, you know, Kelly kind of felt like, oh, she felt like a little left out. And so she came along and I could tell she was hating it. <laughs> There's a part in the movie where two people are singing and then another character comes in and tells them to be quiet. And she turned to me mm-hmm. and gave him the thumbs up. And I was like, okay, all right, uh... I get it. But we had a great time anyway So because we went and had dinner afterwards and it was wonderful. But the other event I wanted to mention was uh, Kelly and I went to go see a movie at a drive-in. Uh, oh, we, man. There's, Gina's been... Yeah, there's a, there's a drive. There's one drive-in left in uh, New Jersey. Do you have any in Florida? We do. Uh, what I was going to say just now, and uh, my wife's name slipped out, so those of you paying attention, write it down because I don't say it too often. My wife has been bugging me to go to a drive-in for a long time. Like we actually looked for one in central Florida not too long ago to try and go. We just couldn't, it was all, it was all like Disney cartoons. She's like, I'm not watching that crap. So uh, we ended <laughs> Love up. Your, 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 your impression of her is love. That is not an impression of her by any means. Uh, in fact, you know, we talked about David Gutierrez the other day, him and my wife talked for like 30 minutes on the phone the other day. That's upsetting. Like, I was talking to him, and he started asking questions about shows. I'm like, here, just talk to her. And then I went inside the house to go do something. I came out, and they're still talking. Uh, and I'm like, stop this. Stop yeah. it now. No, that's trouble. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, no, we've been trying to get to a drive-in. But there, there are a couple in Florida, but that's it. All right. Yeah, so there's one left in New Jersey. And luckily, New Jersey's a big state. Um, and it's mostly strip malls, but it's still a big state. And so luckily, <laughs> uh, the, the, one that's le- the one that's left is, is not that far from us. So we went – on a Saturday night, and we did uh, Chris and I, uh, Max Romero and I talked about it on our drive-in double feature uh, episode we did at Film Memoir, the first one. And mm. um, 
we went and saw Ready or Not, which was this really great little horror thriller. And it was sort of funny because we, we pulled up and, you know, they do the whole thing where they check your trunk and make sure you're not sneaking somebody in, all that nonsense. And oh, we, Yeah, I know. And so we, we get in there and we were like, well, let's go get some something to eat. So we get in line and the line was incredibly long. They were very, very slow. That's the only kind of downside to the theater was they were just really, really slow. Let's By the way, go to the lobby. Yeah, it really was. Side 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 note: This theater had the most wide menu of items I've ever seen at a really? movie theater. They had like chocolate dipped mandarin oranges. Like, who the hell has that at a chocolate? That's movie? very specific. It's insane. Hmm. They had, like they had like asparagus. Like, it's asparagus in a movie. That's but, crazy. Anyway, well, was, I, I I have a uh, I have a, a, a an operational question. Yes. About drive-ins. So how does that work nowadays? Does it still go through your car radio or do you do it through your phone or no, something? No, it's a channel uh, that you plug into over your radio. It's like a so big still beam radio over channel. your radio. Like yeah, it's still a radio channel, okay. but just not those old speakers. Right. Right. They still have the posts and stuff there, but no, you don't attach it to your car. But anyway, the the, the, the point I was going to make about ready or not was we, we get in line and then it, it the line was moving very slowly. And uh, and it, and then um, – as it's getting closer, we see the movie starting, and we're like, well, we don't want to miss the movie. So we got out, and we get back into our car, and then I was like, well, okay. When we get to a slow part of the movie, I'll run out and get his food. And there were no slow parts. Like, I, mm. every scene of that movie was great. So it was like, I, not only was it a fun experience to go to a drive-in, but it was actually a really good movie. I really enjoyed Ready or Not. It's a great little uh, horror thriller comedy. I highly recommend it. So we never actually got anything to eat, but we did take a picture of us in front of the marquee again. So it was great. We got to see movies at the New Beverly and at Blobfest and at a drive-in. So it was a very mo- kind of movie-centric uh, year, which was which was cool. That's fantastic, man. Wow. Okay. Well, I was just going to trip hammer real quickly through some superhero movies that were relevant oh, to the I'm year. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more thing I forgot to mention. I, I am so tired of listening to you. I, I understand. <laughs> Uh, in terms of movies, I yeah. did go to one other place. I, I okay. can't believe I forgot to mention this. For my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly took me to the Museum of the Moving Image, which is Ooh. in Queens, New York. And they have a screen there. And they were showing in 70 millimeter. It's mm-hmm. a mad, 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 mad world, which is one oh, of my all-time okay, cool. favorite movies. And it was, it was right around my birthday. And we went. And not only is it a great theater, but it is literally a museum of exhibits and they had like all these Muppets, like the actual Muppet puppets. Oh, I think a buddy of mine went to that museum. And okay. Yeah. Really yeah. cool. We took pictures. I was like, Oh, Luke Dobbs going to love this. And they had like old timey cameras. They had movie star Wars props. It, it, it's a tiny museum. Like there's not a whole ton to see, but mm-hmm. it, it's cool to look at while you're kind of like, Oh, when's the movie start? Oh, in 45 minutes. All right, let's go look at all this stuff. And they had a lot of old-timey movie posters, a lot of stuff from the silent film era. You could make little animated movies and, like, you did, like it was like a little, like, exhibit for kids and stuff. And then, of course, watching It's a Man, 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 Man World in 70 millimeter was just glorious because that movie just makes me so happy. So that was another really great trip where I got to see something in a way I would normally not get to see it. So that was another awesome trip. That's really cool. So. That is very cool. That was worth the interruption, I suppose. No, so. Thank you. And I'm just going to mention a bunch of stupid superhero sci-fi movies. So, uh, Quick mentions, movies that are worth uh, getting at least a mention. Shazam came out this year, which was far more fun than it had any right to be. I, I fully expected it, it, dreaded that movie, but it was super fun. Uh, Captain Marvel came out this year, which was a big deal. Then, of course, Endgame, which was monstrous. Uh, you guys, love you guys that did a movie. whole episode about that. I 
enjoyed the movie, but I still think Infinity War is better. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home, great movie. I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was fun. And Rise of Skywalker, which I absolutely adored and had a total blast. So I've seen it twice now already. Wow. It just came out a few days ago. So uh, anyway, those are, and if you have any commentary on this film, feel free. I just wanted to mention all of them there. It's been a good year for geek movies. Not as many as probably the previous year, but uh, still was a lot of good ones. I really loved Endgame. I thought they stuck the landing. Uh, I've watched Endgame a bunch of times, and I've really, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, this really has no right to be as good as it is. And I've, I, it's sort of funny. Um, I was I was remarking, I think I maybe mentioned it in our Fire and Water thread, but like when they released the Black Widow trailer yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm, I've become such a Marvel movie zombie at this point that I was like, man, I haven't seen a Marvel movie in ages. It was like four months ago, you know, it was four right, months ago was right. the last one. And when they and they ran it in front of Rise of Skywalker and they were like, May 2020. I'm like, May? I got all the way to I gotta wait all the way to May? Like, what is bullshit, man? It was just ridiculous. I mean, we're so spoiled now. The Star Wars movies used to be three years apart. And now we get three Marvel movies a year. And it's like, oh, man, I got to wait all this time. That sucks. Um, but no, I loved it. I loved Endgame. I just thought it was just, I mean, is it, it's not flawless, but it's a, just the idea that you could wrap up this universe with these three hour mammoth thing. And it was, it was just tremendous. But some other movies I saw that I briefly want to mention that I thought were really great. Uh, I saw Booksmart, which is just a beautiful, wonderfully funny, warm movie. Uh, about uh, teenagers graduating uh, high school and going on to college. Very, I really loved it. I will say, uh, the first date that Kelly and I went on, we went and saw a movie, and it was awful. Mm. And we and and we were like, "This was really bad." And we were like, "Oh, I hope that this is not a, a, a you know a, a harbinger <laughs> of our relationship." <laughs> Luckily, all the other movies we've seen have been really good. So we went to see Book Booksmart was our second movie. And we were both like, man, if we hate Booksmart, we're in trouble. But we both <laughs> loved Booksmart. I was like, okay, no, man, Booksmart was really good. So that I loved. I saw Midsummer, uh, the horror movie. I still don't know what I felt about Midsummer. It's very strange, two and a half hours and about people in a cult out in the out in Norway somewhere. It's still hmm. still kind of weird about that. I did get to see Jackie Brown on the big screen, which oh, was wow. cool. That okay. is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that was Fun to see it again. I got to saw Lawrence. I got to see Lawrence of Arabia on the oh. big screen. Uh, that's only the second time I've ever seen it, uh, okay. but that was tremendous. I actually saw that the same weekend. I saw Mad World, so I saw seven hours worth of movies in like one weekend. Uh, Jeez. We talk- oh, I saw one. I saw a big one in the theater. I forgot. I, I saw the big 40th anniversary of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Ah, um, yes. And <laughs> as you would expect, sure enough. I fell asleep. Some good shut eye. You got some good. Now, who did you go with? Uh, I went with uh, my good friend Kichi Baker, who didn't show up. Uh, I went with my good friends, the Southerns, who didn't show up. Meaning, I was in North Carolina in their town for work that week. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm coming to town. We always get together. Let's go have dinner. Let's go have ice cream. Go comic shops. We do it every time. Oh, we go see Star Trek. And they're all like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're busy. We can't see each other. <laughs> so I literally had to go watch Star Trek by myself and ate ice cream by myself. And yes, I was so tired. I fell asleep during a motion picture, so which is sort of ironic because we always call it the motionless picture. All the review you need for that movie. Um, <laughs> we took uh, Kelly and I took her nephews to see Ghostbusters, which was a lot of fun. That was that I wanted that, to go see that. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Uh, and the l- couple movies I finished up that I really loved. I saw Parasite. 
the mm. South Korean Bong Joon-ho film, which is uh, a comedy thriller drama about basically uh, the the divide between rich and poor. It is an mm. it is a superb movie. I hate calling things Hitchcockian because everything gets called that, but it really is very Hitchcocky, and it really balances this line between sort of social commentary, this dark comedy, but then. Not so, then you know bursts of violence. Uh, it was really. Uh, I mean, Bong Joon Ho, he made Snowpiercer with Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton. Uh, he made The Host, which is another. He makes all the different kinds of movies, uh, all different genres. And this thing was. I heard nothing but good things about Parasite, and it was. It lived up to it. She, Kelly, and I saw it together, and we walked out. We're like, that was just terrific. So that was a great movie. It's. I made sure we saw it in the theater because okay. it's, it's it's two hours and 20 minutes, subtitles. And, oh, you know, trying to watch that at home is going to be hard because you're going to get distracted. You know, you got your phone. I can get up. But in a movie theater, you're there. You know, you're just yeah. going to sit and watch it. And it was great. And so the um, I saw Dr. Sleep, which I was mixed on. And then uh, I saw Knives Out, uh, the Ryan Johnson movie, which was tremendous fun. I oh, wait. That's the one with that huge cast, right? Yes. Daniel Craig. Oh, I want to see that. Jamie Lee Curtis. It was so much fun, and I am really hoping. I heard Ryan Johnson, Johnson say on a podcast that he is already writing the next uh, uh, Blanc uh, adventure because he wants him to be like the Hercule Poirot, just do different adventures of this detective. And I will see whatever movies he wants to do with this character. It was it just a rip-roaring good time. Christopher Plummer's in it. Uh, Don oh, Johnson. Michael Shannon. It was, and there's even a commentary on the internet trolls that so dogged Ryan Johnson during uh, Last Jedi. It was, it's a great, uh, great movie. It's super fun. Super fun. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Good, right. good year for movies. All right. Well then, uh, let's take it to TV real quick. Cause All I've, right. uh, I've watched, cause, um, you know, Rob got me into – well, I shouldn't say uh, – what's a better way to put it? I began exercising last year. I talked a little bit on the end of last year's show, and uh, I do it on the treadmill. And so I, I was giving you credit for me exercising, but that's not really true at all. So uh, anyway, uh, but you guys – I'm going to take I, that I, part out so I just get the credit. I will give you credit to the, for the uh, – you and Gene for the Fire and Water Fitness Group though, which has been incredibly – wonderful to help me stay on my fitness goals. But the benefit of that also is I get an hour almost every day of watching television, which is something I didn't used to do. <laughs> so I get to, I've watched lots of TV this past year. So some different things I've watched on the treadmill that I really enjoyed was the crisis, the CW uh, crisis storyline they were doing across uh, Flash and Batwoman and Supergirl so far. We've got two more parts in January, which has been super fun. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Michael Bailey. I love you. It's not better than Endgame. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Mandalorian. Oh my God, Mandalorian is so good. Uh, wow. I, I, I know you did a Disney Plus episode, but have you seen the Mandalorian? And, and forgive me, I haven't. Have I, you seen Mandalorian yet? I have seen six of the seven so far episodes. Oh, you're ahead of me. I've only watched five. So, okay. Well, there you go. So stinking good. Uh, yeah, over it's on the been D fun. It's been fun. I mean, for me, I grew up playing the, D the, the Star Wars role-playing game from West End Games. And that is the closest you will ever get to what it felt like playing the Star Wars role-playing game back in, like, the wilderness years of, like, between 1987 and 19, you know, 99. <laughs> yeah. 
those were the years where we were making up our own Star Wars, and that's what Mandalorian feels like. It's unbelievable. It's that, it's that much fun. Uh, over on the DC Universe app, you know, I've, I'm loving the Titans. Season 2 was fantastic. Swamp Thing was amazing, and it's an absolute crime it's not getting another season. Swamp Thing was the best thing they've produced. It was so stinking good, uh, and I'm just heartbroken that we'll get another season. Uh, I, I fell in love with a British show this past year called Blake's Seven. And it's it came out in the seventies. It ran for four seasons. Uh, it's it's low budget sci fi and it's extremely British. But I just freaking love it. Oh my god! It's it's sort of like you know you've seen Doctor Who now, right? I've and, seen some, yes. Yeah, and, and every episode basically is the Doctor shows up in some world where things are horribly wrong, and a lot of times it's the government who's the problem. And within you know whether it be twenty two minutes or sixty minutes, however long the episode lasts, he has it all sorted. The government's, you know, been overthrown and the resistance is now in charge and everything's going to be better now. Well, this is like because of the time period when it was made, and it feels very much like those kind of Doctor Who episodes, except the doctor never showed up and overthrew the government. It's like you're following the supporting characters of a Doctor Who episode through their lives in this this horrible world. And they're, they're criminals. They're actually uh, criminals who are in there horrible to each other sometimes. And it's just – I love this show so much. Now. I, I feel like it's been missing my whole life, and and now that I've watched all four seasons, I'm just heartbroken. I want more. So I've been listening to the Big Finish stuff. Uh, you know, I like my Big Finish Doctor Who audio. So they did Blake Seven as audios as well. I've been listening to some of those. But just, I, I can't rave enough how much I love Blake Seven. Now. How many episodes per season did they do? Like, is it a typical British show where it was like seven episodes? So like uh, four seasons like is 28 shows. I think it was. 13? It could, oh, could have been 26. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think it's like 13 episodes per season or so. All right. I think all right. That's yeah. not bad then. Okay. So, um, and just the way they establish the characters is just – and it's so very 70s though. So if you're thinking you're going to jump in and think this is you know, this balls wall action, it's not. It's it's a slow burn through the whole thing, and it's just so 70s and, and glorious. Uh, along the same lines, I've fallen in love with the show called UFO. Uh, it's another 70s uh, – actually, late, late 69 to 70 uh, TV show from British about like a defending the Earth from UFO invaders, and it's you know who Jerry Anderson is the guy who did Thunder um, Thunder Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, yeah, of course. Yeah. I never really got into any Jerry Anderson. I watched some Thunderbirds as a little kid, but not much. And this is a Jerry Anderson show, except it's with live humans. The only thing Jerry Anderson did was you know arrange the scripts and uh, did all the the model work. I mean, it's his show. I shouldn't downplay his involvement, but I, but there's no marionettes or anything like that. And I'm just in love with the show. I'm halfway through it. I got distracted with all the other shiny stuff, but. I love this show so much. Where's, Another it, one that, where's it available? Where is this show? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. In fact, you know, that's like where Blake 7 really is. You you really got to have a unique taste for that. I think anyone that likes sort of 60s, 70s uh, sci-fi kind of stuff or even like, you know, Earth Under Siege kind of stuff, I think you, you could dig UFO. I'd check it out. So it's worth checking out. Again, Amazon Prime. You can watch it. Then uh, I've been, I, I finally buckled down and watched Legends tomorrow. Saw almost all of that now. So uh, I, I gave it a second shot. It did get much better. I've seen all the Firestorm episodes now. I feel like I'm a good Firestorm fan. And then more importantly, with my daughter this past year, she and I started binging shows together. We watched the entire Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. Got through all seven seasons. Had an absolute blast watching that show with her. It was so much fun just to see her get excited and get invested in characters. And of course, you know, I know it's coming. Like when Spike gets introduced. I'm like cheering and she's like, well, I hate this guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just wait. And uh, it's just, it was super fun to watch what that with did, her. Uh, what did she think of the body episode? That's, oh my that's God. heavy stuff. Uh, most of that was my wife and daughter looking at me crying my eyes out uh, and them going, 
it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, I know it's just, I'm not. Um, it didn't affect them nearly as much as it affected me. And it did unsettle her though. Like she's like, I, I don't think I liked that episode. It was very uncomfortable to watch. I'm like, well, it was supposed to. Uh, right. Exactly. I think that has one of the best final shots in all of television. That final the scene. The one where the daughter has to look at her dead mother. Well, the, 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 the daughter reaches out to touch the body and she knows she shouldn't, but she wants, she kind of does. And then it, you don't see it. Like she reach, you just see the hand reaching out and then it cuts. It's just a great ending. It's a oh, very disturbing. Yep. Yep. And, but yep. in a lot of ways, kind of real. Cause I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Death is never easy for anyone. Um, so now we, we finished Buffy and now we're, uh, we're starting the comics, the season eight comics, but we're, uh, we're watching Smallville now where instead of doing all 10 seasons, we're doing an essential viewing. Thanks to, I, I, I uh, crowdsourced <laughs> an essential viewing list from everyone on Facebook and I put it together now and we're somewhere in the fourth season right now. We've, we're watching somewhere between like 10 to 13 episodes a season and just barreling through it and having a good old time. I'm afraid that one might burn out, uh, cause it does, it is starting to get kind of like draggy in the middle so i don't know if we'll end up finishing smallville or not but we've had a great time so far just show, nice where, show where all the aquaman episodes it's good uh, yeah those are great um <laughs> <laughs> we did just meet lois lane which got her very excited she's like i like this lois lane i'm like i'm glad you do that's fantastic <laughs> um but anyway, it's, it's also been nice just to watch her appreciation for superman grow because she's 13 and there hasn't been a lot of superman for her to glom onto you know mm-hmm. um so it's a nice so, all right, let's move on from TV. So, well, well, I do want to watch one show oh, that I something. mentioned. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got st- Kelly got me started on the Great Great British Baking Show. And oh my gosh! I am not a baker. I don't know these things, but I got completely addicted to this, and it was sort of funny because she showed me one episode, and mm-hmm. I liked it. And then I was like, oh, and then she had to like get up and do something, and I'm like, well, I'm going to watch another one. And she's like, she she was sort of assuming I was doing it to kind of like you know score points, and I'm like, no, 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 I genuinely like it. And now I've watched like four seasons in a row. Um, and I'm like sitting there and I'm getting all like rooting. Like it was so funny cause I watched the first season and for those people who don't know what the show is, it's on Netflix. Rob, you can stop there, Rob. Everybody knows what this oh, show is. Oh, do they? Oh, am I out of the loop? Is this, am I way you, behind I mean, everybody? Go ahead and go ahead and finish it. Maybe there's a couple of nerds who haven't heard okay. of it. Okay. Well, the, the thing is, it's like, it's got the, the first season has the 12 contestants and they're baking different things and they get judged and then they get eliminated one by one. Part of the reason I like it, and I think part of the reason everybody likes it, is that everybody's nice to one another. They're like, mm-hmm. all the contestants support one another. They clap when somebody gets named, like, Star Baker or whatever, um, who I believe had a listing in Who's Who. And, uh, and it's like, <laughs> that is part, I mean, you know, because all American, most American reality shows, it's all like, I didn't hear, I didn't come here to make friends. You know, everybody's like yep. vicious to one another. But in, in Britain, they're like, no, let's support one another. But anyway, I watched the first season, and I loved all the character you know all the all the participants i'm like oh this is like an old lady and this is a young guy and there's like a kid and then the second season starts and i'm like well who are all these scrubs i don't want to see these people i want to see the original 12 and then within like one episode i'm totally rooting for certain people over certain other people and i'm like oh my god that guy's tort looks great or whatever and then what was funny was we got to the fourth season right okay so earlier this year uh, while we were visiting uh, Kelly's parents, uh, Kelly's stepdad makes jam, makes homemade jam. Hmm. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever made jam. It is really difficult, and it's very tedious, and I really think God doesn't want jam to be made because it's just really, really <laughs> difficult. But we did it. You have to stir it for like 16 hours or something because it will burn, and then you get ruined. But anyway, we made all this jam. We made like two jars of it, and so we've been living off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for like 
every four days every week because we have to get through all this jam. But anyway, I'm watching this one episode of British British Baking, and they had to make like a cake with and they had to make jam and put it in the middle. Mm. And like this one woman is like making the jam, and I'm like, that's not how you make jam. And like all of a sudden, I'm the <laughs> expert of <laughs> I've made jam one time in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm like, she's not putting enough sugar. That's not going to balance out right. And I'm all like, these people, they don't know anything. So I think there's like six more seasons. So I am just – we literally have not been watching anything else other than Great British Baking because I'm just so obsessed with it. So I have that for to Kelly to add that to my love. It's just – I just oh, – I love it so much. This was adorable just hearing Rob discover reality television, whereas like everyone else did this 15 years ago. And it's like, oh, that's so cute. Well, I so reality fresh and not jaded. Just not this show. That's all. It's just really cute. I know. It's kind of funny because I was watching so many that every so often Netflix is like, are you still watching Great British Baking? I'm like, don't judge me, Netflix. Let me just play the next one. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> My daughter and wife love that show. Like when they want to reward themselves, they watch that. Uh, it's they, like a tasty treat. It really yeah, is. You're just like they adore that show. Yeah, it is really fun. I I, <laughs> I know I'm coming to it late, but boy, it was it it was really it, it's really been a delight. You are absolutely adorable. So when you're done with that one, there's an Australian show. Oh no, I don't remember what it's called. And they they uh, they bake just desserts. Uh, it, it's like I don't, I don't remember what it's called. It's just I'll, I'll find out the name. You'll just you'll love that one too. It's super fun. All too. right, sounds good. My, my wife and daughter are totally into these things. So, all right. So, uh, books. Have you read any good novels this year? Not no, not novels. I've been listening to a lot of audio books just because oh, I forgot you don't know how to read. That's, that's right. right. Exactly. Uh, thanks for mocking me. Uh, no, I've been listening to a <laughs> lot of audio books just because uh, I, at work I can have my headphones in. And so um, I like to just, you know, I listen to either podcasts, and we're going to talk about podcasting, of course. Uh, I've been, I generally listen to the episodes that I guest on for other shows, just because I like to hear my own voice. But I've been listening to, I listened to a bunch of audiobooks. I got one about the, uh, it was called The War for Late Night, which is about the Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno debacle, which is a really fun book. I really love the business side of show business. I find that Mm -hmm. all very fascinating. So learning about all the different deals that got made, that 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 was a really interesting book. Uh, Have you done Marvel Comics: The Untold Story yet yes. by Sean Howe? Okay, that is right. that is that book is like crack. When I first read that book, <laughs> I was literally reading it till like I fell asleep. It was so <laughs> compelling. Uh, so yeah, I, I tend to read show business books or history books and stuff like that. So I have not. And the oh. I did. Do you do do you do Audible or do you get them in the library or what do you do for the audiobooks? Uh, I either get them on uh, iTunes. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, they have them on iTunes and stuff. Um, I got the I got the history of MTV, which was fun. That was a fun, <laughs> that was a fun book. Um, I got a book by Mike Reese, the one of the Simpsons writers. So he talked about writing on the Simpsons, so that was really fun. Like I said, they tend to be it, it you know it has to be kind of like light stuff because I'm okay. sitting there at work. And I'm not going to listen to War and Peace or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but no, I've tragically have not been reading very much and that is partly because uh, I know that I'm going and I don't mean to move off books and we'll get back to this in a moment but I know I'm going to be moving soon which Mm -hmm. means I will be uh, I will have access to a different library so Mm -hmm. once I get access to the library I will get my library card and then actually start reading books again because I do enjoy uh, doing that oh okay very cool well, I um I, I love live. By the way, folks, if you 
aren't taking advantage of your local public library, you are missing out on so much. I know I sound like a PSA that runs on TV or something, but public libraries are just amazing with what they have available. Even the digital books you can get available or digital comics or the DVDs you can rent or it's just uh, our library here and where where I am. It's just absolutely glorious. So, and uh, one of our, uh, one of our fellow network members is a librarian. That's right. So uh, me, I, I am such a, dork when it comes to books. I love reading books, but I tend to live in the embarrassing world of TV movie tie-ins. And I, it makes me feel like I'm stupid, but I don't care. They make me happy. So uh, I've read a lot of uh, like Star Trek books this year. Uh, thank goodness for Goodreads. That's what helped me figure out what I'd read this year because I couldn't remember. I went back and looked at my Goodreads f- feed for the last year. Uh, just, I mean, I've read a lot of Star Trek books. Uh, Kindle, uh, Scott Reifen from Dinner for Geeks brought this to my attention. Kindle has been, or Amazon has been selling Star Trek books for 99 cents each month where they'll pick like, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, eh, maybe not 15, but 5 or 10 Star Trek books and put them on sale for 99 cents. And so I have bought a crap ton of Star Trek books digitally this past year. Unfortunately, I realized I bought several that I already own, but whatever. And uh, anyway, a few that I read this year that I really, really enjoyed. If you've never, if you like Star Trek, uh, Prime Directive by Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens is possibly one of the best Star Trek books I've ever read. It's just exceptional. It takes place during the Kirk years, uh, around probably the fourth year or fifth year of the mission, uh, and it's just. Uh, it's just a fantastic read. It's so good. I couldn't put it down. Another great one is Final Frontier by Diane Carey, which is actually a flashback. It tells you a story about Kirk's dad and how he ended up on the Enterprise, uh, like when it was in its earliest days uh, when Captain April uh, was in charge of it. And then uh, I read My Enemy, My Ally, which is by Diane Duane, which is about the Romulans, which is a fantastic one. It's published in like 82 or something like that, but it's still exceptional. And then, uh, of course, I've been continuing my my Peter David New Frontier read-through. I'm on book like 19 right now, I think. That's not an exaggeration. I think it's literally the 19th book in the series right now I'm reading. And they're fun. Uh, they're, they're sort of disposable, but Peter David just is such so good with the turn of phrase. You can't help but enjoy it. Uh, read a couple Doctor Who books this year. I got to meet, uh, I think I told you, oh, you were there. I met Peter Capaldi. Yes, yes, I was there. That is the first new series Doctor I've ever met. Uh, That was very exciting. Read a couple of V books. Boy, those things uh, vary dramatically in quality. (laughs) That would be (laughs) a great subject for a podcast. Shut up, you. Uh, anyway, if you want to read some V books, check out the Howard Weinstein books. Those are good. I enjoyed those, so those are good. Uh, and then I read one in your area, Rob. I read eleven twenty two sixty three. I read a Stephen King book, which uh, I've never. Well, I, I read Night Shift, uh, which was an anthology a million years ago. But other than that, I've never read a Stephen King book. So I read really? eleven twenty two wow. eleven twenty two sixty three, eight hundred page whopper uh, of a book, and damn, was it good. Um, of course, you know, it's got, it's, it's time travel and the Kennedy assassination, which are two things that fascinate me. Um, Dr. Who has, uh, I promise you, I probably just gave you whiplash, but I'm, I'm making a point here. Uh, Dr. Who is probably one of the few sci-fi series in the world where the fandom, pretty much all the fans know the first day the episode aired because the very first episode of Doctor right. Who aired right. on November 23rd, 1963, the day after Kennedy's assassination. So it's very easy for everyone to remember. And so I, I've always sort of been fascinated with the Kennedy assassination just through its connections, well, in American history and uh, Doctor Who. So anyway, time travel, 112263, uh, fun book. I assume you've read it since you're a King fan, right? I have not read that book. I haven't read a Stephen oh. King book in a long time. I've read a lot of his earlier ones, like Carrie and The Shining. So if, you, if you're interested in time travel and the Kennedy assassination, have you ever seen that uh, that episode of the 80s Twilight Zone series where that involves both those two things? Hmm. I, 
I must have. It was, if it was eighties Twilight Zone, I probably saw, but I don't remember it. There's a, there's an episode that involves a guy going back in time and he tries to stop the Kennedy assassination or or gets involved in the Kennedy. You sure you're not thinking of Quantum Leap? No, no, it's it's okay. absolutely Twilight because I remember it. I remember, and I don't want to tell you what the hook is. There's a okay. great moment sure. that that's great, and the reason I even thinking about that is because that reminds me. Of course, one of the writers on that show was Alan Brennert. And of course, I'm now remembering that you've been talking about what books you've read. I there read, we go. I read a couple books this year. I read Alan Brennan's new book, which is The Daughter of Molokai, which is a sequel to his book, Molokai. Um, and like while I was in Los Angeles, I had lunch with Alan Brennan and got him to sign it for me. So that I can't so believe cool. I was forgetting that I'm looking, I'm looking at the book now as I'm talking. It's all sitting on my shelf. I have an autographed copy of Daughter of Molokai, and it was a delightful read. I read it on the flight over. Because uh, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I have time to focus and sit and watch this. It was great. And then I do want to mention the other book I read uh, is – it's a young adult novel uh, called Leilani of the Distant Sea. And it is a fantasy novel written by my friend Erin Kelly. No relation that I know of. Uh, uh, she is a wonderful writer of, of young adult tales. They're full of sort of mystery and fantasy and uh, wonder and really richly drawn characters. And this is like a fantasy novel. This would make this Leilani the Distancy is like uh, the greatest animated movie they haven't made yet. Uh, oh, wow. It's okay. a really wonderful story, beautiful story about a young girl that goes out to this scary mountain to retrieve something, and it feels full of distant creatures. And it's a really great book. And and she, I have her. She went with. Uh, she is uh, dating uh, my pal Dan Eaker, who I went to go see Bob Dylan concert with. And the four of us, me, Kelly, Dan, and Aaron, went to go see Bob Dylan in sub in uh, November. This was her first, uh, the girls' first show. Dan, Dan's like 25th show, my 25th show. <laughs> While I was there, I got Aaron to sign my copy of Leilani Distancy. So the two books I've read there are both autographed on my bookshelf. That's so cool. And I, mean, I know how excited you were to meet Brenner. That's just awesome when it came together. And he adopted you while you were out there, which is great. He did, yeah. Well, he was he was going to move to uh, Hawaii, and then he decided – him and his wife decided to stay – and move to another part of California. So I just said, as long as my room has Southern exposure, I don't really care. It's fine. <laughs> and, and just as a, we'll, I will, we're not there yet, but I think we're going to end this show talking about what maybe a few things we're looking forward to in 2020. And one of them is related to Alan Brenner, but we'll get to that. Okay. I did not prepare for that segment. That's okay. Right. I just, um, <laughs> so I got to mention something exciting that's been going on with me this year. Um, Role-playing has been in my blood for a long time, but I just haven't been able to make it come together lately. I I was in a superhero role-playing group that I started that went for 10 years um, back in the early 2000s, the aughts of the 2000s, and had a blast. And just eventually we all – some of us moved away and just things fell apart. But uh, this year I made a concerted effort and got together with some friends and said, we need to role-play. And by sheer force of will, (laughs) pulled it together. Because at our age, it takes that. It really does. It it doesn't happen like when you're in college. You're like, hey, you want to role play this weekend? Sure, let's do it. You know, this this you know, we all have lives and families and work and all these things. So we actually had to make this happen. And and we get together every two weeks and we role play Marvel superheroes, the old TSR box set uh, that came out in the eighties. Where our our adventures are set in nineteen eighty five. We're playing in the Marvel universe. We fought people like Scorpion and Beetle and all these Spider Man villains and stuff like that. And we got all our own original characters and villains and stuff like that having a blast and I'm 
what made me think of it is you mentioned your friend that's a writer. The group of people that are in this role playing group, Rob, are just some of the most insanely creative people I've been uh, fortunate enough to be in this sort of setting with. Uh, one of the guys is Nathan Archer, who actually listens to our some shows oh, on our of network. Course. Yeah, no, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Uh, he's an amazing cartoonist, and he does the editorial cartoons for our local newspaper, which is great. Uh, Carlin, who uh, is the head honcho over at the Nerd Lunch Podcast Network, who has an amazing series of podcasts you guys should go check out. Uh, David Eckert, who that, uh, that's what got me thinking about. He is an extremely successful fantasy author who has sold a jillion copies over on uh, Amazon. Uh, and then we've got Patrick Pence, who's a friend of mine. We've been friends for 28 years. And um, he was, he's been on the JLI show once before, and also around town, he hosts multiple like trivia shows he's been on jeopardy i mean the guy's brilliant so just having the and then there's me i'm a dork in the side but having this group of people together doing role playing has just been so much fun and so creative and full of life and it's just it's been an absolute joy to to be able to get that role playing fix and hang out and geek because at this point in my life uh and i'm talking to you people actually on the other side of your earbuds right now most of my friends are online um, I don't know a lot of people locally simply because I've got a family and that's what I spend most of my time doing and working all that. So I don't get to see a lot of people locally. So having this local group doing this on a regular basis has been a lot, a lot of fun. How long does a game like a session take generally? Uh, we get together at three o'clock and my wife kicks their ass out by seven. So, <laughs> all right. So we get four hours and that's it. <laughs> I, you know, I've always, I, I've always had a sort of interest in that kind of stuff, but I've just never been, I'd never been around enough people that were would be into it. But I mean, I like, I like the communal, you know, atmosphere of it. Thanks to uh, our Patreon supporters, you may get a chance to figure out what that's that is sometime soon, Rob. Cisco's got to get off his ass and get that show done. By the way, I'm just mentioning I did my Patreon show back in November. I'm waiting for you and Cisco to do your shows. I'm just saying, I, I got mine done. I was going to say the JLI show actually is yeah. uh, on the hook first. So, yeah. yep. Right. Got, we're on my, that one, so I need your help. So. I got mine done two months ago, just saying. Well, speaking of podcasts, why don't we cover some of those real quick? Right. Um, so, this year, uh, I I started trying to. I, I saw, this is the part of the show I suck at. I told Rob in advance, I'm lousy at this. I can't remember the shows we did this year, and I really can't remember the shows I guest starred on this year, which is awful because anyone that has ever invited me to be on a show is incredibly generous and incredibly kind. And I've done a ton of them, and I just am blanking right now. Like, I'll rattle off a couple I know I, I was on this year. It is not even remotely a slight to anyone I'm forgetting. I'm so sorry, but I know I did an episode of Batgirl to Oracle, Barbara Gordon podcast with Stella. I know I did an episode of Quarterbin about Doctor Who. I know I did an episode about Squadron Supreme cast, which was talking about Nuke, which is the Firestorm equivalent. Um, and interestingly enough, probably my oddest podcast appearance this year was I've appeared on a few episodes on the Rolled Spine Podcast Network. And it's audio I recorded anywhere from four to five years ago that I don't even remember doing. But Frank recorded me talking to him like five years ago and is just now releasing the audio. So God knows what I said on it. Some of them I'm talking about the BVS movie in the future, you know, and, and stuff like that that hadn't come out yet. It's just crazy. His, his shows are, I imagine, they're like truth serums. Like you're just, you're just beaten into submissions. So you just start confessing different things that you would never admit to because you're just like, God, just let the pain end. You know, you're just... One of them was let, let me out of this windowless room, please. Uh, I, I, I may have been locked up in a basement in chain yeah, when we did exactly, it. So. Exactly. So, I, yeah, I can't remember exactly all the shows that I've been on. So well, I, anyone that I have forgotten, I, it is not a slight against you. I promise. Every show I've been on has been an absolute delight this year. So uh, I'm sorry if I'm not remembering right now. Well, you know, someone needs to create an IPDB, which is an <laughs> Internet Podcasting Database, where you can look up, like, you know, the Irredeemable Shag, and it'll list 
all of your shows. And, like, you know how on IMDb, like, you know, if you look up uh, Woody Allen, right? You right. can you can hit director, and you just see all his films as director. Actor, yeah. you can see all his films as actor. Pedophile, you can hear all those clips oh. as pedophile. Um, <laughs> you know, so, with, like, we could do The Irredeemable Shag, and you could do Host, yeah. and it would list all your JLIs. Co-host, and it would be, you know, who's who in this show and all this stuff. Yeah. And then Guest. Okay. Somebody needs to create. Look, if Mike, if if Mike's Amazing World can exist, there is no reason why we can't have an internet podcasting database where everybody puts up their own information, and it's all just so, like that would be amazing. That would be an amazing resource. I feel so bad for anyone that's actually thinking about this right now. That, that's a path to madness. My you list know, would to, be huge, man. That would be awesome. It would be, it would be sick. It would be sick. Be great. I, um, Somebody needs to do that. Somebody in 2020 work on that. We're just trying to compare size now. Is that what this is, wrong? Yes. <laughs> I do want to say JLI. I've been extremely proud of the guests that have been on JLI this year. Just some amazing people that have been kind enough to spend time on the show. Uh, several New York Times bestselling authors have been on the show this year, which is just, I'm stunned that they were in- even interested to talk to me, you know? Uh, and we've got some great episodes for 2020 coming up. I'm just so excited that uh, I-, I love that show and I-, I wish I had more time to do it and it came out more often, but um, it's I've-, I've been so very proud of it. Well, since, since you mentioned 2020, uh, unless you have anything else you want to discuss, do you want to talk about, do you want to wrap up here and sort of talk about what well, I, some of the things the thing you want I to thought, talk about in 2020? Well, the thing I thought we, I wanted to wrap up with was was um, all the conventions and the traveling okay. I've done. Because right. most of it's a shout-out to uh, a lot of our friends. Mm-hmm. So so why don't we talk about 2020, and then we'll wrap up with convention and traveling. Okay. Uh, well, for 2020, there's a couple of handful of things that I'm looking forward to uh, next year. And one, I mentioned Alan Brennert. Alan Brennert wrote a new comic book. That's right. Uh, the news is out now. I will say, as a, I, I say humbly, uh, Alan told me all about this when we had the lunch. <laughs> And humble brag. Humble brag. And I look, I'm very proud of it. And uh, and, and I was sworn to secrecy uh, over the cheesecake. I was sworn to secrecy. and uh, But he told me all about he is writing or has written a Marvel's one shot. Um, and it is going to be to celebrate the anniversary of the Marvel's uh, miniseries by Kurt Busiek. Basically, the Marvel went to Kurt Busiek and said, you know, want to do some specials and, and – uh, you know, we're going to let you kind of grandfather them, and who do you want to work on them? And Kurt oh, apparently, no way. yeah, apparently, yeah, and apparently Kurt said uh, went to Alan and said, "Alan, I love your work. Would you want to do one?" And Alan said, "Yes." So uh, Alan gave me the blow by blow detail of the plot, and then he laid the hammer on me, where he goes, "And it's drawn by Jerry Ordway." And I'm like, "Are you out of your mind?" Like Jerry Ordway drawing a 1940s set, you know. Captain America, Namor, Human Torch, all the characters. And and it was so fun to watch Alan relate this story to because his face just lit up. He was so excited to, 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 to be relating the story. And he swore me to secrecy, and I said, okay, I won't tell anybody. But now that the news is out, I cannot wait to get that comic book because, as I have said in other episodes, uh, Alan Brenner, I think, has written 10 comics in his history, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. And, like, seven of them are – like, okay, I'd say, like, to be fair, out of the 10, six are classics, like enduring <laughs> classics that belong in any greatest collection of so-and-so. And then, like, three of those 
are, are like two more are superb. And then one is very, very good. And then there's one that's good. You know, like, I mean, that's, like his batting average is ridiculous. So uh, I am so excited to add, you know, when, when you have a, 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 a short comic book history like Alan has, when you write another book after so many years, it's, it's such a big deal because it's like, oh, my God, he's coming back. So I cannot wait to get a hold of this book. And I'll be, boy, howdy, there is no way I'm not going to do a uh, Find Your Joy episode. Uh, on that comic book, so I'm going to be so excited uh, for that book. So, um, do you want me to, to do the other stuff I'm looking forward to, or do you want to do one first? Uh, I hadn't really thought about it specifically. I mean, uh, 2020 is uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, I'm, something I'm not looking forward to is I don't know if you guys are familiar with Justice League International. So we're 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 on, we're on issue 30 right now, and once we get a few more months, uh, a certain character that talks to fish. Uh, shows up in the book, yes. Which means there's a certain guest that I've been holding off for four years. Yes, it's finally going to make its way out of the JLI podcast. Finally, yes. <laughs> that episode's going to be a train wreck. For yeah, it's going to be. That only awesome. listen to JLI is going to be. Why are these two people fighting so much? This is going to be. That's going to be. That's going to be the best episode of the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Of course, uh, I mentioned going to see Mimi in St. Louis. That's part of the Fathom Event series, where it's mm. Turner Classic mm-hmm. Movies, where they do their big screen classics, and at the end of every year, they release their list of the next year for the film. Mm-hmm. And there's some cool stuff. There's King Kong, uh, yep. Close Encounters. King Kong uh, from the 30s, right? The, yeah, the 1930 Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, the 30s King Kong. An American in Paris, which is a musical Kelly will not be seeing. Uh, right. uh, there's Close Encounters. They're showing um, – but the one I'm really excited about in uh, October, they're showing Psycho. And, I mean, that's just obviously no no news here. That's a masterpiece. I've never seen it on the big screen. So mm. getting the chance to see that on the big screen will be amazing because that movie is right. everything it lives up to. Uh, and then one other thing movie-related is uh, in January I'll be moving into a new apartment. Um, this, is, this is crazy, people. This yes. is crazy. Kelly and I will be shacking up together, living in sin, as it were. We're going to be calling it K2HQ. And uh, one of the uh, – we're very excited about this place because it's really cool. It checked – we went and saw a bunch of uh, apartments and uh, this one checked every box that we wanted. And But one of the bonuses that this place has, it has its own movie theater. Uh, now, of course, not like a full theater, but it's it has a room with a giant screen on it and it has uh, these really nice chairs and you can basically just – res- like- you sent us pictures. They look yeah. like recliners. Yeah, they're recliners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shays lounges. Yeah, they're like Shays lounges. Yeah, that's exactly. And they're like it's like stadium seating. So it's <sighs> like you know, the, there's the back row is way up, you know, raised, and then there's the middle row, and then there's the front row. So it's like a real movie theater. And the way it works is you just re- it it doesn't cost any extra. It just comes with being a tenant at this place. And so you just reserve it. And so I am I'm putting down my marker. I am going to test the limits of how much one tenant can book. <laughs> This movie theater because I am just going to be like July is going to be Jaws month uh, right then and there. We're going to do horror movies in uh, October. We're going to do Christmas movies. I mean this is going to be – I am going to be inviting everyone I can think of over to watch these movies. This I am – it was so funny because we took a tour of the place and uh, we went in and the woman that gave us the tour did not know who we were. She just right. – we just wandered in because they didn't make appointments. And she – so she's showing us – and literally the first thing she showed us was the movie theater. And oh and God. after she showed us, Kelly turns around and looks at me like, oh, God, he's sold already. You know, I was just like, yes. It was, it was so exciting. 
So what's going to happen? You're going to find out that it's already like pre-reserved for every NASCAR and wrestling oh, match. I better damn be like, well not be, uh, not going to have that. I'll I'll have, if I have to reserve it in the middle of the night, I will. But I am so excited to to invite different people over and have parties and whatever. And we're also going to. I already. Kelly and I already talked about that. We're going to have her nephews over, and I'm going to get her. Her oldest nephew has never seen the original Star Wars. <laughs> never seen. He's eight years old. He's actually he's not her oldest oh. nephew, but he's never seen. He's seen the other movies, but he's just never seen Star Wars. So I'm like, well, we're going to watch Star Wars on this big screen. Right. So, I mean, it's not projected or anything. It's a Blu-ray player, obviously, that you put in there. But nevertheless, I am I'm quivering with excitement. Is that it I'm like a data projector? Is that what it is? Blue yeah, player with yeah, 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 yeah. pretty much. But the screen That's is very big, and it has a popcorn right. machine. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am just, I am, I'm so excited for this place. I said, we, you know, we've been joking about that Kelly's going to become a podcasting widow. She might become a theater widow. I might just uh, never <laughs> be, you know, between the gym and the first floor and the the theater. I'm going to be down there a lot. So I am. This sounds amazing. I've I'm, never heard of an apartment with a movie theater. That's no, fantastic. I am so. I, it's ridiculous how excited I am for this place. That's incredible. I uh, I will mention one thing for 2020 I'm very excited about. And this sort of leads into my recap of 19. Is uh, in, in 2020, in uh, Labor Day weekend, Rob and I, and hopefully some of you people listening, will be descending on Atlanta and going to Dragon Con. <laughs> descending on Atlanta. We're descending upon Hawkman Dive. <laughs> and uh, who wants to live forever? I uh, I am so excited because I went to Dragon Con for I think it was 13 years, uh, almost uninterrupted. There uninterrupted. There was one year for a hurricane that I couldn't go. But um, well, they say STDs never go away. So wonderful. That's great. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I, and it's been. Uh, I was proud of that. What I have to say. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you are. It, by that point, <laughs> it'll have been seven years since I'd been there. Uh, I think. Really? Right? You haven't been to Dragon Con? In se- Wait a minute. What? Wait. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time. I guess I went in 2015 was the last time. Yeah, it's been I'm five like, years. wait a minute. I've known you since you've been there. What okay. are you talking about? You've known me since 2001. Anyway. Oh, uh, it only seems much longer than that. Do the math on that, buddy. Yeah, tw- almost. We're going to be 20 years this but year. But I've like, seen pictures of you on social media at DragonCon. Okay. What the anyway, hell are you talking Anyway, 2015. Well, 2015 was the last time I went. So uh, by the time we go, it'll have been five years since I've been there. And it'll be great to see Bailey and, oh, my gosh, and all these people that we love. And it's going to be so much fun. And it is crazy and fun and it's not bad like some people seem to think it is. It is just a f- amazing, fun convention. It can be whatever you want it to be. And I cannot wait. I'm so excited because I can't get here soon enough. I am excited to meet Bailey for the first time. That, that will be very thrilling. Um, he, he's a lot shorter than you think. So All right. <laughs> he's going to be so pissed I said that. <laughs> I uh, I took a picture. I, here we go. In 2019, two of the people I, I spent time with this year while I was traveling was Michael Bailey and his lovely wife, Rachel. And I took a picture with them, and I call that picture uh, me and people I love that are shorter than me. <laughs> so, yes, I did a lot of traveling in 2019, and I want to talk about that because, again, it's a, it's really a shout-out to you people at home. Uh, my job allows I'm – a, I'm a – contract serial killer and so i i'm it gives me the opportunity to travel all over the world literally this year i i, I broke country uh, country boundaries and uh get to see a lot of folks so this year rattling off thanks to my work uh, i got a chance to hang out with ciscoid uh well actually this one was more this was vacation but anyway ciscoid boss and shotgun so i got to hang out with the uh our, our canadian contingent of a fire and water network i got to meet paul spataro this year which is fantastic from the two true freaks network i met clinton robinson from coffee and comics uh, actually he and i 
I'd met before, but I got, got a chance to hang out with him again. Got to see Jared Albright, the yard sale artist, a buddy of mine. Normally, he just sleeps on my couch, but this time we met for lunch somewhere. Uh, got to, I got to meet Sean Ross and Dr. G. Mm. Um, the Pixel. That was so exciting. I absolutely loved that. Those guys uh, are just a blast. I'm so glad I, I got a chance to meet them. I already mentioned Michael and Rachel Bailey. Uh, I got to see Al Girding, uh, our, our buddy uh, Van Z. Got to see him. It's been a while since I've seen him. I, I hung out with Professor Alan Quarterman twice this year, which is uh, more times than I, I care to, but either way, it was fun. Uh, I got to see little Russell Burbage, which was nice. And then I also met the lovely uh, Kelly Courtney, which was uh, absolutely lovely. You and I got together twice in less than a month. I know. Well, she when I when I met her, she brought this bald guy with her, which wasn't you know, fun. But anyway, um, I went to the Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention, like I've been doing for the last several years. I'm actually skipping it in 2020 because Nathaniel's going to be there, and I just can't have that black mark on my record. <laughs> Nathaniel Wayne, that is. Uh, but this year, I got to hang out. It was normally when I go there, I hang out with one or two people. You know, maybe uh, David H. Gutierrez or one other cousin. But this year, we just had this giant group. It was wonderful. It was Darren and Ruth Sutherland were there. Uh, Professor Allen, uh, one of the two times I hung out with him, and M. Middleton was there as well. I got to see David Ace Coutier as well as out there. Uh, Mike Harlow, one of my buddy who works, uh, who, who you, you know who Mike Harlow is. Yes. Uh, got, got to see Mark Baker Wright, who's a buddy of ours, and Brian Ng. So had an absolute blast hanging out with all those fire and water type guys. We had a local convention called Infinity Con here in my hometown, and I actually got to be on a panel there with uh, my buddy Carlin and some other folks. So that was a lot of fun. Then you and I, Rob, we went together to the Boston Comic Con which was more fun than I've had in a long time. So what, what, I can rattle off the names if you want, but do you want to talk about your experience at Boston Comic-Con? Yeah, I mean, that was, again, that was another amazing trip. I didn't get to go to a show last year for different reasons, and I was almost going to go to Baltimore, and then I had to cancel at the last minute, and I was very disappointed. And so the, this year I said, I'm going this year. That's it. We're going. And so we went to Boston, and it was – uh, Shag and I and Derek William Crabb and the Sutherlands. Corey Drew was there, and he got to meet a bunch of people, which was uh, fantastic. Keith, Wonderful to finally meet him. Yeah, Keith G. Baker and Tim Price. You know, it was sort of funny. Tim Price, I meant to say. Um, and it was sort of funny because, like, intru- and Dr. Ange. I got to meet Dr. Ange for the first yep. time. It was exciting. But it, it was kind of fun introducing Corey into the group because it was like everyone loves Corey. I don't know anyone who doesn't. And mm-hmm. it sort of – I think it made everybody like me a little more. Because I brought Corey into the group. It was like, all right, this guy can't be that bad because, look, Corey hangs out with him. Um, See, it, it was more like we were just thankful that you brought someone that we could get along with. Right, instead. that's what I mean. It was like, it, okay. you know, the sort of sheen rubbed off on me a little bit from, from Corey. Uh, a but, couple uh, other people to name check, don't forget. Uh, uh, Diablo Frank and Paquita. Diablo, that's right. Diablo, yes, we, we met Terry O'Malley for the first time. Ward Hill Terry. Ward Hill Terry. All right. That was, that was very, very cool. Uh, um, yeah, yes. Who else? Max Traver. Oh, Max, yes. Oh, uh, Brian Linton, of course. Brian Linton. Yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. It was fantastic, all the people we got to see. Yeah, it was really a great, great time. We went to Cheers, well, almost, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was just a wonderful, I got to watch the Transformers movie. Uh, with a live commentary by Ryan, Derek, and Dr. Ange. Uh, got more mileage out of that. I mean, yeah. I swear, that's been talked about more than anything else this past year. That was great. It <laughs> so was get the impeachment. It's all been about drops in yeah. Transformers. It, it was wonderful. It was a great, great, great trip. And I, I, I said this on other things. I love hotels. I just love hotels. <laughs> so I, just, weird. I don't know. I, there's something about public spaces uh, that people commune, commute, commune in uh, that I enjoy. I like the idea of places that are open for everybody all the time. Like that's fa- that's part of the attract. I will say part of the attraction of the apartment that we're moving into. It looked a lot like the 
the the community center looks like a hotel. Like that was a definite plus for me. I just like it. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Um, See, I'm very biased because for what I do for a living and and traveling in hotels all the time and planning meetings in hotels all the time and like I have a very different opinion of hotels. Right. Just, well, you're in it a lot. And for me, it's a limited thing. But like sure. I, I and we mentioned this on the episode. But like the 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 final night that we were there. I mean, everything was everything was a blast. The Transformers thing was a blast. The giant dinner that we had yeah. where it was like 13 or 14 of us sitting right at the the edge of the water. Uh, sitting out in the open air was just tremendous. But like, I just remember the the last night we were there, the Saturday night before we had to leave, and like, it was just a few of us left in the lobby, and we were all talking, and it was just like it was one of those things where I was like, I could do this all night, you know, if I didn't have to be up and on a train tomorrow or on a bus tomorrow to get home, I could do this all night. This was just such a uh, an extraordinary uh, event, and so I told myself in the moment, you know, I have those things where like. You, you experience something and then you look back on it afterwards and you kind of mm-hmm. come to some conclusions or you, you realize you appreciate something after it's happened. But I was actually able to appreciate it as it was happening. Uh, and there was a point where I was talking to someone and I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to embarrass them. But it was I was talking to someone and I was having such a good time and I sort of lost myself in the moment and I was thinking, God, I need to do this more than once a year. This is just not enough. This is so important to me, and this is such. This was, and I, you know, I had a rough year, everybody, uh, and so it was. You know, this was a, this was a this was a, a really, and I also had an amazing year. Um, true that, um, but uh, but but it, it was such a rewarding trip that I remember thinking I need to do this more than once, and so my goal for 2020 and i hope we can pull this off is to we're gonna want to go to dragon con i will be mm-hmm. down in florida which means shag and i might be getting together twice next year which would be crazy because um, <laughs> i'll be down in his neck of the woods um Welcome to florida man coming to florida and and i'm hoping that kelly and i will make a trip out somewhere our target goal is chicago I have I've never been to Chicago, and I'd love to go, and that would give us a chance to meet Max Romero, which would be just unbelievably amazing, and hopefully get to run into Luke Dobb and uh, the various girls that chase him down the <laughs> Lakeshore Drive. Um, Chicago reference, everybody, and yep. um, so yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward. Kelly likes to travel. And uh, I will say part of the reason that we picked the place that we're living in is to have a little money set aside so we can travel. And Mm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, she – I'm not telling tales out of school. She loves this whole world of podcasting. She didn't know this was a thing. She loves all you guys. She loves – well, some of you. She loves – She's met me. That's all it really took from Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Well, some of the stuff she said on the ride home, she's like, really? Is he like that? I'm like, yeah. He's like that all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but no, she loves this world. She loves everybody. She loves the interactions uh, that that she thinks everybody's so funny and warm and sweet. And so she is just tickled pink that there's like this whole thing that we've built for ourselves. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to her kind of introducing her to a lot of these people. And so I'm I am super jazzed about some of the stuff we're going to get to do in 2020. And as I said the convention. The Boston trip was just an absolute blast, and so I'm like, I got to do more of this, and so I hope uh, we get a chance to. I haven't uh, normally. I do two conventions a year. Uh, I do the the Gallifrey one, and I do the, something else with you guys. And so by not doing the Gallifrey one, I feel like I've opened myself up to something else. So I, I told my wife, I'm like, somewhere in the middle of the year, I'm probably just going to decide I'm going to do something. 
She's like, yeah, okay, you do that. So, uh, <laughs> as Rob found out tonight, my family's perfectly fine if I go find other things to do than hanging out with them. So, <laughs> I think she's okay with it. Do you guys want to? You guys want to hang out or no, Dad? You can go podcast. That's fine. <laughs> that actually happened tonight. <laughs> Rob and I set a time, and uh, I was like, well, I, you know, I'd like some family time tonight, Rob. Okay, yeah, they're just like, yeah, I, no, I'm good. You, we don't need you. Go yeah, away. Bye, good. Dad. I'm like, it. Okay. Um, you know, any, no, no. So Rob and I started a half hour early tonight. <laughs> Shag's daughter is like, it's Rob's problem now. Right. Uh, you know, she calls you uh, Robadoodle, right? I like that. I, I, I totally accept that. That's a good name. I like it. I've been called a lot worse. That's true. <laughs> By me. So, all right. Well, I, I think uh, we have talked far enough. Uh, we've almost talked for a whole year now. So I think 2019 is uh, officially in the books here. So, folks, uh, we hope you've had a very happy holiday season. We hope you have a very, very safe New Year's Eve. And uh, we cannot wait uh, to unveil some of the things we're going to do in 2020. We're very excited with the network and some of the shows. And uh, I think they're going to like next week's show too, Rob. Don't I, you? I think they are. And one last thing I will mention is that uh, in 2019, there were a couple of projects that the Fire and Water Network team had to get together for. And <laughs> we really did rally the troops. Uh, and that was very personally rewarding to me to have everybody involved in these things. And it was great. And, you know, we're all kind of doing our own things. And we, you know, we, guests on each other's shows here and there and of course chris and i do a show and uh, you know chris and ryan do a show and cisco and boss do a show but i mean you know there's different pairings here and there but like there was a couple of projects where we all were involved simultaneously and that was so much fun it was really like those episodes of you know those issues of justice league where all the members showed up <laughs> um so it was really really cool and that's very rewarding and i hope we get to do some of that next year as well it, we've said it before um this is the most creatively satisfying, fulfilling group of people I've ever worked with before. They're absolutely amazing. The collaborative nature of it, the supportive nature of it, and the genuine love. I mean, I love you guys. And I'm so thankful to be part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And and it's not just us producing shows. It's also you people in the community. So uh, it's one big family. And I just absolutely adore it. Absolutely. Great way to stop. Yeah, so that's it. I got nothing else to say, folks. Happy 2019 and even happier 2020. A new decade. A new dawn. So with that, uh, I guess the only thing left to say is fan the flame. And ride the wave. Next on B. The visitors, they're on their way. We gotta get out of here. Move, move. Juliet falls into Diana's evil hands. Give me maximum. <laughs> Donovan trades his life in a daring rescue attempt. He's dead. And Robin, at last, gives birth. V continues Tuesday at 8 on Fox 5.